Welcome, everyone, to the very first post-season episode of Gangrene and Goudreau, right here on percolatedmedia.net. This is Goudreau here, wanting to wish everyone a happy new year. And if you clicked on this video, or this podcast, I should say, you're probably a little bit surprised that I'm taping a show. We haven't had the Super Bowl yet. The offseason hasn't officially begun by any stretch. Heck, the Pro Bowl hasn't even occurred for what little value that's worth. I think this plastic earbud case that I have sitting on my desk with the Jets logo on it has more value and prestige than the Pro Bowl at this juncture, but who knows, maybe it'll be something interesting to watch or quality television. But that's like saying the Jets will win a Super Bowl in my lifetime. The odds are slim to none. The Jets are exactly where I thought they'd be going into this season. On the couch. Didn't make the postseason. As I lamented throughout the last six games of the season where they didn't win. But I wasn't going to let everyone know this immediately. I was not really planning to tape any sort of shows until the offseason actually begins, which is after the Super Bowl. But there's been a lot that's happened. A lot of conversations, a lot of rumors have already begun to circulate about who the Jets quarterback will be next season, (laughs) because that's where we are in the Jet fandom cycle. Disappointing season. All right, who's the quarterback? Get our hopes up. Jets nail the draft and free agency. Start out with promise and then flame out. It's the circle of life, to quote the Lion King at least for me, as long as I can remember. But, as I said, I was not planning on recording any sort of content, and just waiting to see how this played out, but I felt it appropriate for me to give my sincere take on what would I do if I ran the New York Jets going into this offseason. But before I get there, First and foremost, thank you to everyone for listening. I hope you missed me. It's been three plus weeks since I recorded. I haven't gone solo since the last game down in Miami. But that doesn't mean we've been quiet here on the site. The boys and I have been going through Stephen King's Night Shift collection. And by going through, I mean driving 80 miles an hour down the highway with maximum overdrive. We've done trucks. We've done the Sometimes They Come Back movies. And to Adam's chagrin, (laughs) and I say that in quotes, we're putting that on hiatus starting next week with a new retrospective. And then the one following that will also have nothing to do with Stephen King, as far as I know. But maybe at some point, I'm not going to preclude or give any hints as to what the retrospective is going to be. But I think these two coming up are going to be a good change of pace and Allow us to talk about something a little bit outside of our usual wheelhouse, wheelhouse, excuse me. One is a franchise that I have a great deal of, uh, like is a, previews my thoughts of it too much, but it's important for my generation. No, it's not Harry Potter. We're not double dipping on that just yet. But the other one is one that Garrett has been really pushing for. He's got the love for it. And Adam and I, have actually previewed our thoughts a little bit on a certain show that we did last year. So that's your hint. It's somewhat connected to a show we had done last year in one of our retros. So 
If you think you know what it is, feel free to shoot us a message and guess. And if you're right, maybe I'll give you a shout out on the show or you can come on and maybe join us for a guest spot. All that good stuff. But before we get into this discussion, I do want to have a quick conversation about the Patreon. Our plan, subject to change, much like the details I'm going to lay out for the Jets, is to launch it with the first year anniversary of us being on the site, which will probably be March slash April. In order to do that, in talking with Garrett and Adam, we have decided that before we launch officially, we're going to have a little bit of a back catalog of content so that when you subscribe to it, there will be stuff that you can access immediately. You won't have to plop down a few bucks and cross your fingers and hope that we'll drop some stuff. And what we're thinking is having a main movie review that somehow ties into the retrospective that we're doing. So to give an example, let's say if we had started last year and we were doing the Batman retrospective as we did, the Patreon release might be covering one of the animated movies that did not get a theatrical release or something of that ilk. Maybe another superhero movie like Batman. Maybe we do like Sam Raimi's Dark Man because that was a, I don't want to call it a knockoff of Tim Burton's Batman, but it was largely made because of the popularity of that movie. So whether it's a thematic tie-in, a movie that's got some similarities, or something that we thought would make an interesting comparison or parallel piece, that's going to be the main content on Patreon to tie into every retrospective that we do. Obviously, that would be maybe one bonus show for every five, let's say a typical retro. So there's there will be more to come. We're, we're brainstorming other ideas. Nothing is definitive yet. Nothing is guaranteed outside of we are doing a Patreon and there will be content available for you all to listen to as soon as it uh, hits its inception. So speaking of inception, I have to begin by talking about the recent fallout of the season. The, the big story before we get into the rumors and scenarios, we have to talk about the the pen is now on the paper for our new offensive coordinator. Mike LaFleur was relieved of play calling duties. And to be honest, with the way that happened, it sounded like that came more from the owner than a decision motivated by solid head coach based on how they tried to spin it. And look, New York media is tough to begin with, but this did come across to me as the owner stepping in. And while primarily that is a road that I don't like to take, I cannot say I will miss Michael Flores' play calling. If you want to give me his quarterback dilemmas as an excuse, if you want to give me injuries, that's fair. But I can only give you so much of a pat on the back. Eventually, you got to make do with what you have, and he just didn't get it done. Now, would I have wanted Nathaniel Hackett, fresh off his embarrassing tenure as the head coach of the Broncos, who did not even last a full season? No, that would not have been my immediate priority. But here, here's my thought on that. I think when it comes to a coach, a head coach versus being a coordinator, Sometimes there are important 
lines you can draw. But at the same time, I don't think that because you're a bad head coach, that does not mean you are not a good coordinator. Now, sometimes you have people who just fail at both. Adam Gase is the example I will always go to because not only was he a lousy offensive coordinator who leached onto Peyton Manning like a parasite and used that to get not one but two head coaching jobs, he was also an abysmal head coach. As I lamented about before I was even on the airwaves here at the site. But the flip can be tr true as well, where you are a head coach who underperforms, but you excel at something in a coordinator type of position. I think Todd Bowles comes to mind, ironically. Very good defensive coordinator, but as a head coach, he just does not have the, the makeup to get it done. And I'll say this about Nathaniel Hackett. He did take Blake Bortles and that offense to a top 10 scoring offense and yards and all those statistics to an AFC title game with a quarterback who is not even starting in the league at this juncture. And not like he had a prolific career. He sort of had his 15 minutes of fame and flamed out. But he's tied to Aaron Rodgers. And that's the, I guess, the launching point to this whole Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets question. And when I say question, I mean more of a demand from the fans. It seems like the Jet Nation as a whole is predominantly on the side of get Aaron Rodgers no matter what it takes. And that'll lead me into my thoughts on the, the predicament because it's, it's not as simple as I think a lot of people are leading you to believe. But before I get off Nathaniel Hackett, I don't hate this hire. I'm going to reserve judgment until we get a quarterback. Because I think that is going to be the sign. Because your quarterback has to match your system. Unless you have someone who comes in and just says, here's what I want to do. And the coordinator says, okay, I'll leave it in your hands. It sounds like Salah as he tried to do with Michael Floor, is leaving the offense completely to the coordinator and the quarterback. He's keeping it as a separate entity. I think that bit him in the ass with LaFleur, and the inexperience showed for both of them. So I do appreciate that he at least got someone who has done this before. And we can argue about their success or, or lack thereof, but I am not going to kick the door down and throw a pink slip in Hackett's face already. Let's let's give him some time. Let's see how this offseason goes before we start getting any signs of concern. Because sometimes I think being a, your head coach track record when you revert to being a coordinator, to me, rendering it mute is too strong of a word, but I don't hold that against you like this anchor that'll tie you down when it comes to my opinion of you. So I am going to give them every benefit of the doubt. But like I said, it's going to come down to the quarterback and this never-ending cycle of a franchise quarterback. So I'm going to read to transition into the quarterback conundrum. Some numbers for you non-Jet fans. What I'm about to tell you all, if you're a Jet fan, is nothing new because you've lived it. But here's some 
points to illustrate how pathetic the, the Jets have been at that position. Three years straight, they have not had a quarterback on their roster throw more than 10 touchdowns. Not 30, not 40, 10 goddamn touchdowns in a 16-17 game season. Part of that is because our quarterbacks keep getting hurt. Durability is apparently not something that the Jets look for when it comes to quarterbacks. But they also have not picked the right guys. And these are the, look at the quarterbacks, you know, Sam Darnold, Luke Falk, Joe Flacco, Zach Wilson, Mike White, Josh Johnson, Trevor Simeon. These are all the guys who have played over the last three years. I don't know if I said Sam Darnold. He's in that category as well. So it has been a a position that has plagued us since Joe Namath retired. Speaking of Joe Namath, he is the only quarterback in Jets history to throw for over 4,000 yards, and he did it one time. That was over 50 years ago. So we've not had a quarterback throw for over 4,000 yards in over 50 years. And the only quarterback we have had to throw more than 30 touchdowns is Ryan Fitzpatrick, who was not even our own guy. He's the definition of a great journeyman. That guy has more jerseys than I do sitting in my closet upstairs. And that was a great season. Don't get me wrong. It's the best one we've had. But how did it end? He choked in Buffalo like he always does. When you think he's going to turn that corner, he reverts back to who he's always been, which is an under, a likable underachiever. But he can say, hey, I have the record for most touchdowns by a quarterback in a single season for, for a Jet under center. Those three numbers should paint a great picture as to how poor the Jets have been at that position. And they've tried everything since I've been alive. Drafting Chad Pennington, they drafted Mark Sanchez, they drafted Geno Smith, they drafted Sam Darnold. They drafted Zach Wilson. None of them panned out for different reasons for every guy. If Chad Pennington didn't get hurt, I think he would have been the long-term answer because he did a lot of good things when he was here, and I kind of wish I wish circumstances were different. But the Jets have never been opposed to bringing in quarterbacks from other places. If Boomer Esiason after he was done with the Bengals. We had the great Neil O'Donnell from the Steelers. He played with us for a few years. Big one's Brett Favre for a one-year pit stop here in New York. We signed bridge guys like Josh McCown and Ryan Fitzpatrick. None of them have worked, like I said. And the minute any big fish is thrown on a hook when it comes to a quarterback. Jet fans are always clamoring to get them no matter what it takes. And now it's Aaron Rodgers, ironically, another Green Bay Packer. Let me say this. Here are the, the facts about Aaron Rodgers. Both positives and negatives. He'll be turning 40 this year. He has not won or been to a Super Bowl in over a decade. 
He has had several number one seeds and not gotten it done when it mattered. And for the last two to three years, he has held the Green Bay Packers hostage. With his contract, with his will he or won't he retire nonsense. And while he didn't win the Super Bowls or much in the way of sustained playoff runs, he did win two MVPs over the last three years. Bringing his total up to four now, if I'm not mistaken. So he's got a lot of really good achievements. But the fact is, with the Packers, who are one of the steadiest franchises in the NFL, say what you want about them, but they're consistent. They're run well. They don't go through coaches like the Jets do. They've had, you know, as credible a quarterback as anyone. So... The fact that that organization seemingly is willing to part ways with Aaron Rodgers would be a little bit of a concern for me as a Jet fan. And and here's why. I do not believe that they have any intention of making Jordan Love their starter for the next five to six years. I think that is hogwash, and I think they will do it at most for this year. Just to say that, oh, we gave him a shot. But talk about Rodgers holding the Jets hostage. The reason Jordan Love hasn't played is because you can't bench Aaron Rodgers. He's won two MVPs in the last three years. So Love is, much like Brett Favre, held Aaron Rodgers down. You would say Rodgers is doing the same thing for Jordan Love. Now, Jordan Love hasn't shown to be anywhere near Aaron Rodgers as far as talent goes. But there's a part of me that does think the Packers want to just give it one shot, one season, without Aaron Rodgers, just to see if Jordan Love is, quote-unquote, the guy. Because if not, they'll move on from him. And that pick, a lot of columnists say, was done to purposely tick off Aaron Rodgers, you know, light a fire under him. And I guess it worked to some degree because he had MVP seasons, but not like they got a Super Bowl out of it. But having said that, I don't think the he's only won one Super Bowl argument should be held against Aaron Rodgers because in the NFL is the ultimate team sport. Everything has to go right for you to win a Super Bowl. So I'm not going to put it all on Aaron Rodgers. And I would not use that as an argument against signing him. But it is a fact. You cannot deny it. So the fact that this is out there, where the Packers are willingly looking to trade him, or at least get that conversation started, tells me that I think they're sick of his bullshit and they want to see what they have in Jordan Love and will do whatever it takes to get rid of Aaron Rodgers with that with that contract. So should the Jets trade for Aaron Rodgers? There's pros and there's cons to this argument. And I'll get I'll give my personal verdict in a little bit, but here here's the pros if Aaron Rodgers comes to the Jets. Number one, I think it would give the Jets a certain amount of credibility and respect that they have not had in a certain in a very long time. You know, we've been the proverbial doorstop for God knows how long. Having that guy under center, 
I think would cause all opponents to not overlook us. Now, some people might say that's a negative, but I like that because as I talked about this season throughout, I was exhausted of going into games feeling handicapped because I knew my quarterbacks could not go toe-to-toe with the opponent if it got to a shootout. With Aaron Rodgers, I would go into every game feeling like I can, we can win this. Even at his age and even after a down year. And speaking of facts, apparently he played with a broken thumb for most of this year. And he still threw 20-plus touchdowns, which is more than I think all the Jack quarterbacks combined over the last two years. So it's an instant upgrade. It's instant credibility. The second thing is you could say that Aaron Rodgers would be the offensive coordinator. And you, if you're someone who's worried about Nathaniel Hackett, Rodgers speaks very highly of him. So you could say they'd have a very collaborative relationship and Salah can just focus on the defense and being the overseer of the team. I think that sounds well and good. And in an AFC with Mahomes, Burrow, Josh Allen, now Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, there's a lot of star power at quarterback. And if you got to go to, if you got to win a shootout against those guys, you need a quarterback who's capable of doing it. And I think Aaron Rodgers, even at this stage, would give you as good a shot, maybe the best shot of anybody to consistently do that that's going to be on the market. So all of that sounds well and good. I think there, there are plenty of pluses. And I think Rodgers would give you a two- to three-year window. But that ties into the cons. He has teased retirement for the last couple of years in the offseason. Who's to say that he won't just play one year and then say, all right, I'm retiring? Do you really want to have Aaron Rodgers for just one year? At minimum, I would want a two-year commitment, possibly three. I don't want to have to pay what I would have to give up for a one-year rental. Even if it gives me the best window to win this upcoming season, I don't know if I'd be willing to bite that proverbial bullet. I just don't. And that also leads into draft compensation. Reportedly, it's two first-round picks. I don't think it's going to be that. I think it'll be maybe a second-round pick and a conditional first. For a 40-year-old quarterback, even one as decorated as Rodgers is, that's something you'd seriously have to think about. Is it worth giving that up? Especially if it's a one-year commitment. If it came to that, would I do it? If if Aaron Rodgers was my, was my it was either Aaron Rodgers or Zach Wilson slash Mike White or getting like a Baker Mayfield, I would bite the Aaron Rodgers bullet and say, F it. Let's Let's give it two years, but only if I can get a two-year commitment from him and he doesn't quit on us after one year. You, you can't let that happen. So there, there's positives and negatives. Of the two scenarios that I'll be talking about, this is scenario A. 
The Jets trade for Aaron Rodgers. Let's say it's a second round pick this year and a conditional first rounder if the Jets make the playoffs or make a make an AFC title game. I'd be willing to do that. Only if scenario B doesn't happen. And I think this is where I'm going to steer off a lot of what Jet fans want to do. I think Derek Carr is who I'll talk about with scenario B. And I will say this. If the Jets don't get either of these guys, the offseason's a fail. These are the only two guys I want in some capacity. Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr. Garoppolo would be a number three, but a distant third. So here's Derek Carr. What makes his situation different from Aaron Rodgers? On the negative side, doesn't have a Super Bowl. Playoffs. I think he's only played in two playoff games. But he's never had a good defense. He's never had a top 20 defense, I think is what the statistics said. He's dealt with a organization in the Vegas Raiders who are more of a dumpster fire than the Jets have been. Maybe not on the field strictly if you include all the off-field stuff, like, you know, Henry Ruggs, John Gruden, <laughs> the disaster that's been Josh McDaniels. He's had to deal with a lot of crap. He's had nine coaches in six years or six coaches in nine years, something, some astronomical number like that. And he's still taken to the Raiders to the playoffs with interim coaches, with terrible defenses. He's consistently durable. I don't think he's missed a whole lot of starts. And he consistently throws for 4,000-plus yards. And as I said, the Jets have not have had one of those guys, and it was 50 fucking years ago. So Jet fans, I don't feel, should poo-pooing the idea of Derek Carr whatsoever because he's a hell of a lot better than anything we've had. And I know people say, oh, I hate that argument. Well, it's the sad reality. We are not the fan base that should be criticizing other quarterbacks when ours have been statistically the worst in the league for the last five years. And part of this is also because when you look at the Jets' history, their average salary that they give to the quarterback ranks 21st in the league over the last decade. So of the teams, the 32 teams, they spend the 21st most expensive cap hit on quarterbacks, which is minuscule when you look at the top five or even top 10. So yeah, Derek Carr is not as good as Aaron Rodgers. But, and this is where my argument and my opinion stands, is that I don't question Carr's durability, and I don't have to question whether or not he is going to stick around year after year. I would rather have five to seven years of Derek Carr, who gives me stability, he gives me reliability, and it gives me a shot to win the division almost every year. Because I watch the Bills. I don't fear them. We beat him with Zach Wilson at quarterback, and we played him tough the second time when Mike White got taken out of the game. We match up very well with them. So if we had Derek Carr, I'd feel very confident that we could beat the Bills. We could finally beat the Patriots. We could go toe-toe with the Dolphins in their offense. Because we have the pieces. All we, I'm not going to say all we need is a quarterback, but it's the biggest hole 
If we had top 10 or top 15 quarterback play, we would have been a playoff team this year. I firmly believe that in my heart of hearts. So I think you can make a legitimate shot at the division over the next five to six years if Derek Carr is your quarterback. Yeah, you don't get the number one seed. Yeah, he's not Mahomes. He's not Burrow. But I think he could, and he's shown he can do it. You know, he can play those guys, and he can match them score for score. Fun fact, he has the most fourth quarter comeback since he entered the league. People will say, oh, he he also has the most double-digit uh, come-from-behind you know, losses. Well, as I said, he's never had a top-20 defense. And look, I'm not saying he is Patrick Mahomes, because he's not. But while he doesn't have the ceiling of Aaron Rodgers, I think he would right the ship and help us as a fan base realize whether or not Robert Sala is the coach. He's turned around the defense, but the offense has left a lot to be desired. They've whiffed on Zach Wilson completely. Let's give him a solid upper half quarterback. Keep our picks that we would have to trade to get Aaron Rodgers. Fix this offensive line. Everyone comes back healthy. Use your first round pick on a tackle. Or you know, a key defensive player. And let's see what you got. Because here's the reality. Saul is coaching for his job this year. If Let's say they get Derek Carr and they don't make the playoffs. They finish 8-9. and Saul is gone. And we're probably drafting a quarterback next year. I can live with that. Because I, I think it's important to find out, do we have the right coach? Because I think that's just as important if not more so than who your quarterback is. Look at the Niners. How many guys have they started? But Kyle Shanahan's a hell of a coach, and he got them to an NFC title game with Brock Purdy because they built the team the right way. They built it through the draft. They traded for Christian McCaffrey when they needed to get over that hump, get that extra playmaker. Maybe they do that with their first-round pick this year. Get another wide receiver to pair with Garrett Wilson. Brees Hall comes back healthy in the running game. Becton and AVT come back healthy. Your O-line is fixed. Maybe you draft a center or bring in another one in free agency. But there's more versatility with rebuilding your roster with Derek Carr than with Aaron Rodgers because of, of, of the cap hits and because of the draft capital you would have to give up. Like I said, it's not – there are no guarantees in the NFL. that Just because we get Aaron Rodgers doesn't mean we make the Super Bowl. But I, I want stability. I want a guy that I know is going to be here and I don't have to go into a game saying, oh, we have no chance because our quarterback sucks. So I would rather keep my picks, either trade for Derek Carr before he hits free agency and the Raiders have to pay him the guaranteed money, or you give up like a fourth round pick to get him if the Raiders want something. And see what you got. If they crap the bed this year, then you move off of Sala, you draft a quarterback, he competes with Carr, and you're starting from scratch again. So what else is there to do on this team beyond a quarterback? With the exception of, you know, getting our O-line healthy again, the only holes I can think of are getting a new safety, which you can get in free agency or the draft. A new punter, because I never want to see Braden Mann again, because that guy shanked 
His punts look like my golf shots where they just keep hooking. And get some speed at linebacker. But you can do that in the middle of the draft. You can do that through free agency. The pieces are already here. Since Sala has gotten here, they have seven picks that they've had in the top 40. So if you take out Zach Wilson, who's a bust, Elijah Vera Tucker, Elijah Moore. So that's a your best offensive lineman and your slot receiver. Sauce Gardner, defensive rookie of the year, most likely. Garrett Wilson could be the offensive rookie of the year. He's your number one receiver. Brees Hall, your number one running back. Jermaine Johnson, rotational edge rusher, who will probably get more playing time this year because they're going to have to readjust this roster. And you got guys making money who are under-delivering. So you could see some cuts on the D-line to give Jermaine Johnson more of a shot. I think the foundation is here. All these guys are young. You're not paying them a ton of money. So whether it's Aaron Rodgers, whether it's Derek Carr, you can manipulate the cap all you want. But you got to get one of these two guys. But I would prefer Derek Carr just because I think there's more stability and there's more of a there's more of a chance of that he could be your answer for the next seven years. Aaron, I think it's one to two, maybe three if you stretch it. But you have a more open window. Aaron Rodgers, I think, lets you compete for a Super Bowl. Derek Carr, at your floor, I think you're competing for the division or the top wildcard spot. And Garoppolo, step down from both, but look, I'd take him. Sort of the Derek Carr thing where he plays for a year, and if they crap the bed, then Salah gets fired and you start over. So that's kind of where I'm at. You know, I am... I'm not fully on board this Aaron Rodgers bandwagon, but if it happens, I'll say let's effing go, make a run, and let's see what happens. But I lean towards Derek Carr, use my first-round pick, draft a stud tackle, because the game's still won in the trenches. Look at the Eagles. They're in the Super Bowl because their O-line is dominant and their defense gets after the quarterback. They have four guys in the D-line who have 10-plus sacks. We could certainly do that. But, you know... We've seen okay quarterbacks win Super Bowls because their O-line is really good. And whether they spend this first-round pick on a tackle or a receiver, I think there's more opportunity for Derek Carr both this year and going forward. But more importantly, the last question that I think the Aaron Rodgers fans have to ask, does he want to come here? It does us no good to trade for him if he is disinterested, if he is aloof if he's standoffish like he's been. New York is a tough place to play already. I don't want to have to deal with all the drama that could potentially come with Aaron Rodgers if he does not have the desire to win. So before I make any deal, I need to find the GM or find the owner. I need to sit down with Aaron Rodgers and say, look, we'll pay you whatever you want, but you got to be all in because we'll be all in on you. You know, he's not walking into a situation where he's going to an untalented team. I think this team is as close to a quarterback away as you can be without fully saying that because there's still unknowns with this coaching staff. And I think Carr would, you know, a B-plus quarterback really would help you decide if if Salah's a good coach. And I think that's that's an important thing that we need to discuss. So that is my... 
feeling on this this quarterback carousel that we're about to walk into. And of course, Tom Brady has retired, so that offer is off the table. If he would have stuck around for a year, I certainly would have. Honestly, I would have rather had Tom Brady than Aaron Rodgers. I know that's sacrilege, but I don't question Tom Brady's desire to win like I do with Aaron Rodgers. And I think, you know, when everyone comes back healthy, this whole line can protect Brady. This offense is very quarterback friendly when it's installed correctly. So Rodgers a car, Garoppolo a third. Anyone else outside of Lamar Jackson, but that's a pipe dream, is a failure. Like if it's Ryan Tannehill, if it's Teddy Bridgewater, if it's freaking, you know, pick your poison, I think we're in trouble. And they're just saying, all right, we're tanking to try to get Caleb Williams next year or something. But I think given the fact that Saul is coaching for his job, I don't think they're going to wind up in that scenario. But I also would rather sign Derek Carr now because I can get him sooner. Aaron Rodgers, you have to wait because of the way the trade works and reporting to OTAs. Derek Carr, can get a heck of a lot sooner because the Raiders are on the hook for $40 million if they don't trade him by February 15th. So I'd rather get a known commodity now and rebuild the final pieces of my team than just throw a Hail Mary and pray that Aaron Rodgers comes to us because he'll have suitors, he'll have options, as does Derek Carr. But I think the Jets are a much better spot for Derek Carr than a place like a Carolina or basically the entire NFC South. So if he wants to stay in the AFC, and if the Packers are indeed not trading Aaron Rodgers to the NFC, I don't think there's a better spot in the AFC than the Jets as far as teams that need a quarterback. So get one of those two guys. Let's effing go. Have a winning season. Go try to win the division. And let's see what happens. And if worst comes to worst, take a big swing. And if it fails, then I think we'll know everything we need to know about Sala. And we're next year talking about who's the coach, who's going to be the GM, who's going to be the quarterback. Because this is their last shot. The GM gutted the roster when he first got here. He has rebuilt it with his players. He whiffed on Zach Wilson. And now they've got to figure out, okay, we got to save our jobs. Which quarterback gives us the best chance to do that and could be our answer for both a franchise quarterback or a Super Bowl as a distant possibility? So we shall see. But I think this will be my last show until an official trade has been made, unless something crazy happens. But hope you guys enjoyed this show. Be sure to follow us here on the site. Stick around. Be sure to keep up to date with all of our three men in a retrospective shows, commentary tracks. We'll be having some more interviews coming up. A lot of good things here on the site. So thank you all very much for listening. And I hope you all enjoy the Super Bowl. And I'll be talking to you all soon. Thank you.